Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. And now, AJ and Chris Shepard. Hello, and welcome to the Westside Investors Network. This year, we're launching a new segment on the show, The Deal Deep Dive. These are mini episodes where our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've participated in. We will go deep on all aspects of the deal, from finding it to making the offer, due diligence, and more. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and further your investing journey. All right. Welcome back to another Deal Deep Dive episode with the Win Podcast, Westside Investors Network Podcast. My name is Trent Werner. Today, we are joined by Chris Prefontaine, real estate coach. Chris, go ahead and introduce yourself and thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Trent. Appreciate it, buddy. Chris Prefontaine, I'm the founder and chairman at Smart Real Estate Coach. We kind of have a group of companies called Wicked Smart now. We do deals. I say we, it's family. My son-in-law, my son, Nick, and now a great team. And then we coach out in the field and do deals with students. That's, so it's interactive learning, right? We teach them a base course, great curriculum, great. But then we're in the trenches doing deals with who we call associates, students. And that way they learn on the fly. We revenue share with them and it's the real thing. You know, it's not theory. So that's what we're all about. I've been in business 31 years, but we've been doing that now laser focused since the crash of 08. Very nice. And when you say coaching, are you talking about real estate investment coaching or sales coaching? Yeah, good question. Just, well, it's all real estate investors, mostly people coming from W2 looking to kind of escape that whole rat race and come over here. So a lot of them are good earners, but they just want to change. And it's all real estate investors. But I said it's a little both because you've got obviously technique and skill set and all that junk that goes in there. But yeah, it's, it's investing. Very nice. Very nice. And I also know that you are an author of what, four books? We had our fourth a couple months ago. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Can you give a quick synopsis of what those books may entail? Sure. I'll give you kind of the high point. So Real Estate on Your Terms is the main book because we buy everything, which I didn't say when you asked me to introduce myself, without banks. So we don't use our own cash. We don't use our own credit. Coming out of the crash, I didn't have either, right? It's reality. So that book brings you through literally how I started, what we do now from lead gen to how we talk to sellers, everything. And then during COVID, middle of it, Trent, we got hit with COVID while we were doing a revision of that book. So it's super current now. So it took us the rest of that, you know, that 20, the end of 20, it came out. So that was the best one, real estate in your terms, as far as what we do. Then there's the new rules of real estate, where about 10 different niches are represented. It's 24 experts in there, but it's about 10 different niches in real estate. Because I'm not so naive to think, okay, everything we do is the best, right? It's not my deal. But I do, so I want to expose people to things. And then we have deal structure over time, where we literally, like you guys do deals on the show. We break down deals, but then we talk about all the nuances and all the headaches. Like a lot of mentors don't want to talk about that stuff. I'd rather expose people so they know what they're getting into and how to deal with that. And the last one just came out. It's called Sell with Authority because it's all about how do I, especially with all the chaos going on right now, right? And the market's changing and everybody's worried and you got these iBuyers and national companies. How do I break through all that crap 
and become the authority in the area. Like I, I want to be the authority. I want to be perceived to be the authority in the area buying and selling real estate on terms. And that's what that book's all about. And it features some students, which are really cool stories. Very nice. And how long has the coaching program been going on in your coaching side of the business since 08, you said? Well, coaching itself was 14. Okay. Yeah, I got approached by a gentleman. He's from Oregon, coincidentally. And he was at the War College here. It was a War College in Newport. It has been since, I don't know, many wars ago. And they go there to train. And he called me, heard about me and said, look, I'm going back to civilian life in Oregon. And I want to learn what you do. Basically, I'm done. He went to Afghanistan three times. He said, I just want to learn real estate. That literally started the coaching business. He was in 13. And then we officially started a business in 14. And last two years, 2021, we hit Inc. 5000, fastest growing in the U.S. Very nice. Very nice. Well, today we'll, we'll talk about a deal. We kind of talked yeah. about it before the show started. Can you explain what this deal that we're going to talk about today is in terms of the property and how you found it? Yeah. So this I'm going to talk about we buy three ways, lease purchase, subject to existing financing and owner financing. I'm going to talk about owner financing for a lot of reasons. It's my favorite for a lot of reasons. So we'll talk about that. It was originally an expired listing that a gentleman called me on because his dad died. And he, when I called him, he called me back and said, look, I got a whole bunch of properties and I got siblings though. So I went to see him with my son, Nick. And long story short, he didn't want to go terms because that meant the siblings had to wait, right? For owner financing or some kind of a longer term. But he remembered us, called me about, I don't know, nine months later, said, hey, all dad's properties are liquidated. I want to do that owner financing thing. Can you come, can you come talk to me? Literally, it was the last property that he personally owned. He was retiring to South Carolina. So I went and met with them. A realtor sat on the market for like two, I want to say two and a quarter, thereabouts, two twenties. It didn't sell. It expired like a couple other ones he had. So I sat literally in his front porch. This is how easy these deals are when you're dealing with banks. He owned it free and clear, which is who we like to deal with. No mortgage. And I said, Don, what did you think you were going to net? Now you didn't sell. So I'm kind of in the driver's seat here. But what did you think you were going to net after someone makes an offer and you haggle on price and you pay your realtor? He said 183.9. Those are his numbers. So I said, great, I'll pay you 183.9. No money down. $923 a month is what I came up with for principal only payment. So there's a couple of key things I said there. I asked him first, what do you want to net? Because everybody has a number, but they know reality is. And then I only paid him principal payments, $923, no interest. He took that gladly because I gave him his price. We structured a four-year term. So a month after we bought the property, we stopped payment just like you would a mortgage, only this is our principal. And we did that deal for four years. Picture the principal pay down on that now. It's like 11, 12 grand a month. We structure Trent, and when we exit a deal, we structure what we call three paydays. We've trademarked this technique. So after, you know, I've been in business 31 years, but after like 18 of them leaned up to the crash, they said, you know, this is a bunch of baloney. Like you get paid once, you gotta do it again. You get paid once, you gotta do it again. Good money, but you're on a treadmill in my eyes. So the three payday system is simple. We exit the property with a buyer who needs time. So after I bought this property, we found a buyer who needs time, meaning they got they need more money down or they got to fix their credit or they just came out of COVID. They started their own business. Now they need two years before they can qualify. Those are typical buyers. So we put a buyer in there. Payday one is the down payment. This one was an older deal that I'm giving you off the top of my head. So that was a little lower. We took 15 grand. We never, ever, ever take less than seven or 10% now, but just, just live and learn. So we took 15 grand, not bad, but we don't go that low anymore. That's payday one. Payday two, we did a lease purchase with them, a rent-to-own program, while we walked them through getting mortgage ready. We only take people that have a mortgage-ready plan that truly are going to cash out, not some pipe dream that says, I rented, I messed all my credit up for 30 years, now I want to buy. No, 
these are people that get qualified. We have a system to get them qualified. So every month they paid us 1500 We paid out 923 Plus we had insurance, but taxes go to the buyer. So we profited there like 400 something dollars a month for again, four years. So it's another four or five grand a year on payday two for four years. And then payday three is really cool. So when that cashed out, payday three is a culmination of, remember we bought it at 183. We marked it up to about two and a quarter, which is still market. And then we had all of that principal pay down throughout the term, like another 50 grand. Because every payment we made while the buyer was paying us to make that payment was principal. So this deal cashed out at like 133,000 all three paydays. And people sometimes go, they can't even fathom that because of the power of principal pay down, we bought a house 183.9 and over four years pulled in 133 grand on that because of the three payday system. So not only do I talk fast for New England, but I gave you a lot real fast. So I can go back to any part of that if you want, but that's a typical on a financing deal that you can do. Yeah. A couple questions. First of all, I've personally never heard of a principal only. I've heard of seller carry with interest only, but what's the benefit? Obviously principal pay down, but why would a seller want or allow you, or I guess, you know, structure the deal where it's only principal for those payments for four years? A couple of things. And then if I give you some really wacky ones and you'd say, why would they do it? But a couple of reasons. One, they want their price, right? So I have no problem giving them their price. Sometimes it's even a couple grand or 10 grand premium, as long as I get a long enough term, because that's getting eaten up real quick, right? Mm -hmm. So their ego works on that a bit. But then from a practical standpoint, some people do it for tax reasons. Like my office building, I'm not in it today. I literally just came here to do this interview. But my office building was bought from a free and clear owner in the first 18 months as principal only. And the guy was a big investor, like he got it. But what I did is I gave him his price. So price, estate and trust planning and tax reasons. They don't want to get whacked with capital gains all up front. That was his case, by the way. He just forbid me to pay him up front. And he loved the, that I gave him his price. He didn't care about principal only because he wasn't getting whacked on capital gains right away. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. And then you, you talked about you have buyers lined up. Do you have these people lined up prior to finding deals or do you find the deal and then seek out a lease option or buyer? Yeah, it's the latter. And this the reason it's a very good question is a lot of niches, as you know, teach build a buyer's list first and you have to in some niches. With us, the situation in the market, even more so now, but even before this interest rate hike, there are so many buyers that can't qualify on the sidelines. They're not all good, but there's a batch of those that are good and deserve a mortgage once they clean things up. So our market, if you talk to any top mortgage broker now doing hundreds of loans, they'll tell you that 17 to 20% of the people are qualifying. It might be even lower now. About two months ago, I asked this guy, Raphael, who's a big mortgage guy. He said he has 16, 17%. That's how many he's qualifying. Of all the apps he gets, 100, he only can put through 17, 16. So we are dealing with the other 80, whatever percent. That's a big number, 82, 83%. And so when you put a home on and you say no bank qualifying or at least purchase, no banks required initially, you are just flooded. Then the issue becomes, my son Nick handles this, the issue becomes, how can I get a system where I can kind of weed out those and not talk to them all so the cream rises who deserves the program? And my son, Nick, does that masterfully. He sends up to videos. 
by the time they get to him, they get it that they need a down payment. They're a true buyer. They're going to get mortgage ready. You know, this isn't just a rental. That's how we do it. Because you do, you get inundated two or 300 on a house. Now your buyer's list, boom, you got a buyer's list. Right. How long does that process take on average for, you know, when those people first inquire with you, you know, to when they're actually ready to purchase the home from you guys? Like the end loan, really yeah. purchase it. Yeah. We get the qualification back from a third party company. It's a report anywhere from like 20 to 40 pages. And it talks about their credit, criminal history, et cetera, if there is any, and that's a bad thing, but mm -hmm. we do a whole check. And then it says at the end, okay, Chris, this client will be ready in 12 to 18, 18 to 24, 24 to 36. That's typical. But then, and I don't want to get too crazy here with advanced stuff, but then if they're really good and we have a long-term, like we bought this house and we don't have a clock ticking like three years or four years, we might even turn around after the rent-to-own program or some point in it if they're strong and own or finance them as a buyer. So there's a whole, there's all different ways to pivot here. But typical is anywhere between 18 and 36 months to answer your initial question. Regardless of what term you've negotiated with the seller, like on in the example we're talking about, you have four years, but if they're ready in 18 months, you're good to go and get the seller paid off? Yep. A couple of things there. Good point. So if I negotiate a 48-month term with a seller, which we don't like to go less than anymore, back in the day, we'd go two years. That's too risky. So we go four years. We want a buyer that comes in somewhere between 24 and 36 or even less so that when they have you know a delay in their credit repair or they have a delay in deposits or they have a hiccup, because life happens. It's just reality. We have room to let them wiggle a little bit. If they've been a poor buyer, tenant buyer, we call them, then we might use that as leverage to go, oh, okay, your term's coming up. They don't know our term's not. Your term's coming up. We got to adjust this, this, or this, or you're not going to be able to get this house. So you get your act together, you know, if they're off with their payments or anything like that. It gives us leverage and control over that deal. We never go, we got a three-year deal. Now let's accept Trent. He's going to take three years. That's too risky. Right. Okay. And how often are you finding, I mean, it sounds like there was no work required for this property. Did you have to renovate it at all? Any construction? We don't renovate. You're nailing all the high points here because you don't have to renovate. If someone says to me, my house needs work. First of all, I love it because other buyers are going to be shied away, right? Mm -hmm. And so the next question I ask you is, is it habitable? That's all I care. Literally, is it habitable? You know, is there water pouring to the roof and the septic doesn't work? I don't want that. That's a rehab. What I want is someone can move in and you know those people I said can't qualify right away? Well, there's a whole bunch of them. There always has been because I was a builder. I understand. You have people that do rehab, fix and flip and builders that can't qualify. Some of them aren't bankable forever unless they do something different. So they love when you put an ad out that says, hey, handyman special, no bank. Now you got like a double whammy you're attracting. So I love those. We don't have to fix them up at all. That one didn't need it. But in general, no, we don't fix them up. Do you ever wholesale deals like this? I could count on, on one hand how many times I've wholesaled and we've surpassed a thousand deals a long time ago. We do have one of our exits though, Trent, that is acts like a wholesale. We call it an AO and a sign out. And here's how it works. It's like, I got a seller who payments too high or they want too much or they don't want to share anything with me. Like they just won't do a deal with me. I'll say to them, look, we specialize in this, but what I'll do is I'll go find a tenant buyer. I'll get them qualified. I'll present a report to you. And if you agree with me, I'm going to tell you why I would accept them. But if you agree, I'll assign them to you on our agreement. You know, it's a nice buyer's agreement, same as I would do. Only they get to deal with them direct and they get all those paydays. I just get payday one up front. And that's called a sign out. Very similar in that it's only one check to a wholesale type deal. Uh, and the check's a little smaller like that. That's the closest thing we do to that. Okay. 
And how are you, I mean, how are you drumming up deals like this? Cause I see wholesale deals all the time that need a lot of work. It's very rare that I'm seeing deals for a good price that are habitable. They might be dated, but they're at least habitable. Yeah. We get all leads. I'll go two tiers here for the new person and how we started in our base always foundation is the basics that people know for sale by owner, for yep. rent by owner and expired coming back now. And then especially during the craziness after the harvesting that was done during the beginning of COVID, then the market, as you know, got crazy and it was harder to get deals. So then we went to niched lists like free and clear. I love taking a zip code and doing free and clear and out of state especially post-COVID. People get these properties, they're free and clear. They don't necessarily want them anymore. Again, especially after COVID, but always a good list. So free and clear out-of-state owners is a phenomenal list because they don't care. They don't need the money now. Presumably they would have already refinanced. So we structure these nice long-term deals with them. Principal only give them a good price. And what was your, what'd you say your average deal length is? The buyer can cash out typically between 18 and 36. But what I do, we call it wealth stacking. We're also trademarking this. Let's say you're one of my students, you came to me and go, hey, Chris, I got like nine deals now. All right, yay. We start to pick like two or three of those and say, all right, now let's go back to the owner, renegotiate and turn that four-year or five-year into a longer-term deal, sometimes 20. It might be taking owner financing and refinancing. It might be taking a sandwich lease and buying it, turning it into a subject to deal. So there's ways to take, like a lot of people on these shows will go, yeah, but all your deals cash out quick. No. We wealth stack. We pick which ones we want to go 20 years and we cash out others to get the cash flow, right? So you can pick and build a nice portfolio that way. And then one kind of jumping back a little bit. I mean, yeah. we're talking about this deal now. You said the overall three paydays was, you know, 130 grand or something like that. If you look at a purchase price compared to the actual revenue generated from it, that's like a 50% return or that's more than Crazy. a 50% return. Yep. Yep. I feel like this that- is the only way. This is the only way that I've ever heard of making 50% unless you're finding a crazy flip or something like that. I agree. Well, let me give you, I can give you a metric, actually. I, I haven't yeah. said this in a while. This is for anyone. Get a free and clear list. And here's your metric. If you can buy a home for 200000 or more, this was 183.9, but I'm just using round numbers. 200 grand or higher. Most listeners go, oh, yeah, my market, I could 200 grand homes and higher. I can find this. Okay. Then you structure at least 48 months. Doable. I'm not saying like 10 years. That's tougher to negotiate. And you structure a principal pay down payment like I did of 923 of at least 950, you know, in that range, I'll say a thousand a month. You have a six figure deal, all three paydays in four years, every time. So I just guaranteed that if you get a house for 200 grand, you can make 100 grand all day long. If you have those criteria in there, though, and higher, of course. Let me just tell you a really quickie thing, and we won't do the whole deal, but because people go, why do people do this? We did a house, we already cashed out of this one. Here is Cape Cod. It's like a resort area on a bluff overlooking the open ocean. And the seller was a realtor in Boston who couldn't sell it, but had her mom living there. So she had these circumstances that she needed custom stuff. We paid her. We bought a house for 945 grand. We broke the rule of no money down and gave her like, I think it was like eight grand. It was something really small. And we paid $2,500 a month principal only for four years. We actually got one extension. So we got a little longer. So 30 grand a year came off principal. Made like a quarter of a million on that. And that was just a simple, a realtor on the open market in a good market. It's almost sounding too good to be true, but all the numbers make sense. And I understand the process behind it because my experience in real estate too, I just, it's, I'm almost speechless because I've never even heard of this strategy before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, here's what's going on right now. We have people, the company names aren't important, but a lot of your listeners would know them. 
who do fix and flips and wholesale. And they're we, the third one now just came in our door, meaning they called us and they want to do a strategic alliance whereby their community, because the market is changing, whereas their community can go, oh, I got a deal doesn't fit in my box of wholesale or flicks and flip. These nine do, but this one doesn't. Can we do it creative real estate? And then we structure a deal where we can help them do that. So it's happening by the droves because this market in 31 years, Trent, there hasn't been a better one for creative real estate because you've got interest rates are rising and not even at the 50 year average yet. And there's already affordability problem that just screams loudly to creative real estate. Like, so I'm ecstatic with where the market is right now. And if it stayed just like it is now, I'd be good with it. Do you ever hesitate? Well, this might not necessarily make sense in this situation, but do you ever hesitate knowing, you know, currently we have kind of some uncertainty with the overall economy and everything like that. Do you ever hesitate taking on new deals due to that uncertainty going forward? I used to, and having lived through the OA crash and got my head beat in financially, when I came out of that, I set these new rules up to operate in. And so now I don't. And here's the difference. If I can just give you some real examples. Right at the crash and coming out of it, I had 20-something properties. It wasn't huge, but some were big projects that I was signed personally on every single one of them. That's a problemo because the banks do their job, nothing against the banker, but they come knocking, right? So does an IRS and everyone else. And that's what happened to me because I was on personally. When you're not on personally and you don't have bank loans, because that's how we operate, we control, we're up right before COVID, 70 something properties, just us, not our students. Students, probably hundreds. But when I put my head on the pillow at night, I'm not on any loans. I don't have amounts of cash in it. I'm not personally guaranteeing anything. So guess what? When I pick up the phone and call the seller and go, hey, John, I know your term was coming up in December, but I've got a little snafu with the buyer, need a little time here, or the market drop, need a little time. What's their option? They take the property back or they give me the extension because I'm not on anything personally. You take your property back if you want. Right. So, and I'm not saying we do that because that's morally and ethically a tougher challenge. On two occasions, we were challenged and we wouldn't get, we didn't get an extension. We found money and cash them out because that was the right thing to do. But our agreements allow us to pivot because we have all the leverage, all the leverage. I don't know if that answered it, but that's one of the reasons I don't worry about it at all. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you you have exit strategies and multiple options, so you're not going to put yourself in a situation that would be a detriment right. for most of these right. deals or any if of these it's deals. Galore, literally. Deal after the deal after the deal. Well, and like you said, the seller doesn't want the deal. And I guess the worst case scenario for the extension is they still get payments every month, right? 100%. Yeah. And that, so I'll give you the example of the guy that didn't want it. And we understood. And to this day, I send referrals to him because he loves us because we did this. It was a deal with a student in Pennsylvania. And he said to us at the beginning, hey, I got to build a house in Texas. I'm good with a couple of years. And we foolishly did a two-year deal. This was back in like 15. I wouldn't do it now. And I said to my student, Don, I said, Don, if there's a problem, don't worry. I'm sure he'll renegotiate. He seems like a nice guy. Like, we'll just ask him. So sure enough, these buyers get in there. They give us 60 grand. Payday one was a nice payday. But then they screw up their credit. They ran their credit cut up and they bought a car when we're trying to fix their credit. So they extended the thing like six months. So here we are, we're coming to the end of the year. And I say to the guy, Randy, hey, listen, I don't want to kick these buys in the street, but if you say no to an extension, I have to tell them they're in default. And they gave us 60 grand, I just feel bad. So now I got a moral and ethical issue on both ends. He said, no, I told you guys. So we had a choice, kick the buyer out or go raise money and do what we said we'd do to that guy. So we did, we raised money, but we could have said, okay, and then kick the buyer out and sell the house, right? Outright, but we did the right thing. And that house has also cashed out since then. But that's an example of some stuff comes up and you pivot. But we've done like one or two of those, like I said. Okay. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about with this strategy? This is definitely a strategy that I've personally 
don't know a whole lot about it's the first time hearing about it is there anything else you feel like our listeners need to know I'll say one thing just relative to the economy in this strategy. And then I'll give you, a, you asked me about the books. Thank you. I'll give you yeah. a link just for your tribe. I know they came from your show and they can get them. And it's not one of those offers that goes, hey, free book. And then you put a credit card in for shipping. We will ship it from our office. It costs us a little over $20 just to ship the thing out. We're going to do it for anyone in your tribe that requested. So remind me to give you that. Right now, what's cool is we didn't talk about, we won't do a deal, but just so they can plant the seed. The technique one of three we use is subject to existing financing. So I buy Trent's home. His loan stays in place that he guaranteed. I make the payments on his behalf and I have the deed. Well, those deals are plentiful right now because people are still trying to get themselves out of trouble from COVID. And they're carrying rates of like 2.2 to 4.2. Picture that. And the market is telling you six and seven right now. Okay, well, that's a good deal. I can accumulate dozens of properties in the next like, say, 12 to 24 months, set myself up with the three payday system for like a decade and have it all with interest rates way, 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 way below market. That's cool strategy right now. So that's going on right now in this creative financing world. It's just the amount of deals that have created financing versus conventional compared to like the early 90s is like quadruple. People are accepting and people are gravitating on purpose towards creative financing. It's the place to hang out. Anyway, I'll give you that link, Trent, if you want. Yeah, one question about that. Yeah, yeah. I've actually heard that the creative financing side is really coming back yeah. Obviously, you've been doing this for a long time, but in the last, say, three years, when did you notice that sellers were more open to the creative financing aspect versus the you know, conventional loans that we've been seeing for the last few years? Yeah. It's whenever the market is like either chaotic or unpredictable. So two times in the last three would be COVID hit, March and April, everyone was panicking. I literally, any one of my students will remember it, screamed on the mastermind calls and on Zoom, double down. Now's the time to talk to sellers. They need you, like they need a guide. Our property intake tripled in the community, the Wicked Smart community. And then it got crazy, you know, good. And then of course it went back down to normal for us. So that was a major surge because they just had to tackle that. And the next time was when the interest rates started going up, like whatever it was six months ago, my students have calling up, being on the mastermind calls going, wow, like these people that want nothing to do with me are calling me back now. Why? Because they're panicking. Buyers just got all pushed to the sidelines. The demand's not the same. And it's starting to trickle, trickle, trickle. And so those two in the last three years were the major. And now we're still in the second one. I was going to say, it's probably going to continue until buyers start seeing rates go you know, back to normal. I agree. And I don't know when that's going to be. It's, I know normal. <laughs> you did that right. Because normal for, it depends on your age. My first house was eight or 10%, but we've been used to these crazy rates. The average for 50 years is guess what? 7.7. And for the third time in 50 years, we have an affordability problem already. Why? It's just because people were used to that. They thought they could buy. Now they're out on the street, they think, but they can yeah. do it this way. Very nice. All right, Chris, let's talk about books. Yeah. So just go to Wicked Smart Books with an S, wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash West Side. And that'll get you. So I know it came from your show and, and that'll get you the, we usually put at least two of them in, but the main one being that one I said, real estate on your terms. Very nice. I'll make sure it's in the description. Chris, Sweet. thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you sitting down and chatting with us. And I'm excited for this one to come out. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the questions, especially when you said you hadn't known about They were very good questions. Appreciate it. I definitely learned a lot today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. 
If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.